Welcome to Chef's Table, I'm Jim Coleman. Summer's done and it's back to school. But before we start packing lunches, let's take a side trip to Italy. Since moving to Italy several decades ago, Faith Wellinger has written about her adopted homeland in several cookbooks. Her latest is Adventures of an Italian Food Lover with recipes from 254 of my very best friends. Which begs the question, really 254 best friends? Well, I actually have many more friends. They got edited out because uh, we didn't want this to look like the Manhattan phone directory. <laughs> I think I may have 25 enemies, but only four best friends. That's a lot of best friends. Well, 35 years of living in Italy and traveling around the entire country, uh, eating and drinking wine and interviewing people, I've made a lot of friends. And they've introduced me to their friends. And now I'd like to introduce you them to you in my book, which is all about my friends in Italy. How did you learn to cook Italian? Well, uh, when I went to Italy 35 years ago, Italian food for me was meatballs and spaghetti and pizza. And when I got to Italy, there were thousands of new foods or different forms of foods that I thought I knew, like olive oil or mozzarella. I knew the art gum mozzarella. And when I encountered the real thing, I was shocked. I knew the Parmigiano in the green can, and when I saw the real thing, I was shocked. So I decided to learn everything I could about Italian food. That's what I did. How much have we closed that gap between the cheese and the green container and the cheese that was over there? Are we closing that gap to where oh, it's in very a, small? In a big, big way. Uh, if you go to any super supermarket, you will find balsamic vinegar, even though it's not very good. You'll find lots of different olive oils. There may be one that I would find acceptable. You'll find vegetables like radicchio and uh, arugula. You'll find fresh basil and fresh herbs, all kinds of Italian things that uh, were never available when I was in the United States in the early 70s. What are some of the big gaps that are still out there? Oh, I think pasta is one of the big <clears throat> gaps. You have uh, pasta that's made with inferior wheat, and so it's impossible to cook correctly. Uh, pasta that's made well is easier to cook. Is it just not available, the wheat that we get here? No. In fact, uh, the United States and Canada have hard wheat, and that's what uh, the greatest pasta is made from, so that I don't understand why... Harder to work with, maybe? I mean... No, not really. Uh, I just think it, maybe it has to do with the expectations of these companies. And people are, most mainstream people are used to eating American pasta. So uh, things like elbow macaroni. I could never figure out elbow macaroni, what the <laughs> elbow was doing there. So if somebody wants to go to Tuscany for the first time, they have one week. Do you, send them to a, do you send them to a city, a town? Well, I think you have to visit Florence uh, because of the museums, because of uh, the art, and just walking around the city and absorbing the culture, not only going to museums. And then some really fabulous restaurants. In this book, I've written about, for example, Fabio Picchi from Cibreo, my absolute favorite right. restaurant in Florence. Explain that. Give us a little overview he's, of it. He's got a lot of guts. He cooks with garlic and chili pepper and uh, extra vir big extra virgin olive oil user. And, of course, my husband, the Tuscan, has brainwashed me with extra virgin mm. olive oil. And uh, Fabio has opened a new place that's a private club. Of course, it only costs something like $5 to become a member. And once you're a member, uh, you can have breakfast, lunch, or dinner there. It's a buffet. It's absolutely and it's fabulous. Called?